Hi, ladies. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and for the positive feedback that I have received so far. I really want this podcast to be a success. So I am asking you to help me out. Please share my link on your social network platforms and subscribe and write a review on whichever podcast platform that you listen to me on. I'm going to provide you with an incentive for the next month. For those of you who write a review and share my link on your social media by February 28th, 2021, I will enter you into a drawing for your choice of one of the journals from my website, uniqueblackgifts.com. There will be five winners. Make sure to tag Flipping the Script on your social media or Take a screenshot and post it on my Instagram or Facebook page. You will receive an entry for each post you make. So the more you post, the more likely you will win. Thank you in advance for your participation. Your support means so much to me. Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color by women of color helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Today, I welcome Valencia Carter Bennett Esquire. Although I created this podcast to encourage women to embrace change, I think it's important to also bring to you other issues of which we need to be mindful. The death of some prominent celebrities in recent years reminds us of the importance of drafting a will before it is too late to properly protect our assets and to maximize our estate for our heirs. Val walks us through the five key steps to draft a legally binding will ourselves. There is no time better than today. Let's get to it. Trying to navigate life, but it's hard to see, yeah. I am struggling to make a change. We're coming to me, now is the perfect chance. With flipping the script, so you'll find your way. To help you embrace any trials you face. With flipping the script, conquer every day. We're helping you find your happy place. Today we have Valencia Carter Bennett. Val, as I lovingly call her, is an attorney licensed in Texas. She is an attorney advisor for a federal government agency and has been a volunteer with Dallas Volunteer Attorney Program, assisting low-income citizens with various legal issues. Val is a contributing author in I'm Speaking, which will be published in March. Valet also has a book that she plans to release by year's end called The Millennial's Guide to Caregiving. Val is a Louisiana native. Her BA is in Legal Studies from the University of Louisiana at Monroe. Her JD is from Southern University Law Center. And she has a Master's of Science in Social Work from the University of Texas at Arlington. Val is married and a bonus mom to a 15-year-old and she has three fur babies, Daisy, Bella, and Blanca. 
Welcome, Val. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being here. So although Val is younger than my targeted demographic for this podcast, Val, I consider you an old soul. Am I the first person to tell you that? Not at all. They're like, you've been here before. I attribute that, I guess, to being raised partly by my grandparents. While my mom had you know, some struggles when I was younger, I lived with my grandparents. And then when she got better, we still live with my grandparents. So I guess it just kind of got embedded into me. You got that wisdom. Yes, very much so. It's better to have that wisdom as young as you can. You know, unfortunately, some people have to grow into it. <laughs> Those belt lessons, not so much fun. I'd rather experience it through others. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I was talking to someone about that before, about I learned through others' mistakes. <laughs> yes, very much so. No need to experience it. Right, exactly. Why do I need to experience it when I see what happens as an end result? Correct. <laughs> so you actually have started to talk about your background a little bit. So you do have an interesting background. Do you want to share with us a little bit about that? Sure. As you stated, I am a native of Louisiana. And, you know, I was there up until, I guess, 23, 24. And then I took the Louisiana bar exam and immediately moved to Texas. Who does that? Me. So I've been in Texas since 2006. But a little bit more about me. Um, my mom, I've been a caregiver for her since I was like 10 years old because she has some mental health issues as well as some health issues. And, you know, we all, you know, a lot of us have that type of story. But I've used that, the experiences to kind of focus in on what it is that I am really passionate about caregiving. And right now I'm on the importance of creating wills because I was already on it prior to that, based on some of my volunteer work, I saw what happens when you don't have a will and how hard it is on, on families. But then with this pandemic and people passing away that, you know, thought that they had enough time or that, you know, they were invincible. The pandemic doesn't care about how old, how young, what color, healthy, unhealthy. It doesn't care. It's just taking everybody out. And I was like, oh my God, those families. So that has really pushed me to really get out there and tell people the importance of having a will and what you can and can't do with the will. So that is my mission, one of my purposes in life right now. Okay. And what are the consequences of not having a will? Some of the consequences of not having a will is that property that you've had in your family for a long time can just be stolen away from you, essentially. So that's like your inheritance, your birthright, whatever it is, it's, it can be taken away. And because you didn't manage it properly, because if you didn't have a will, that creates air property. So that could lead to hundreds of people owning one piece of property. And if an, a greedy investor comes in and buys out enough of those relatives, then they can get a controlling interest in your property and force a sale. And typically people don't have enough money to go down to the auction to bid at the sale. So this person gets, this investor gets your property for pennies on the dollar. And then they go in and, you know, let's say you had some timber on the land, they go in and clear cut it and make money hand over fist or let's say you have maybe some oil under the land that you didn't know about or some mineral rights or something that you know you guys were kind of siphoning off a little bit at a time so, so as not to use it all up at one time so you're living off those royalties your family is living off those royalties all of that's gone because you didn't create a piece of paper 
that's ridiculous. Yeah, very true. Oh, and I hear the passion in your voice about that also. We do need to clarify that we're talking about the state of Texas. So each law, each state does have their different laws, but basically there are consequences in any state that you're in, or, you know, we're global. So any country that you're in by not having a will yes. possibly. What other consequences might um, there be? Like I stated, there's the creation of air property, which is, you know, if you don't have a will, then your property passes down to what they call heirs, meaning your children or your children's children, your sisters, your brothers, your grandparents. If you don't have parents, I'll list how that devolves in Texas a little bit later. But essentially, those people that survive you are, are called your heirs. So if you didn't make a will, then your property passes to your heirs. And then if those people didn't make a will, then the property passes to their heirs. And on and on and on it goes ad infinitum. So you can literally have 100 people owning an incremental portion of a piece of land. So that's hard to manage. It usually only falls to one or two people that they're taking care of the property, they're paying taxes on the property, they're making sure that nothing, you know, bad happens to the property, keeping it in repair, all of those things. They might actually live on the property, but you have all, you know, 99 other owners and those people aren't contributing. So that person's expending their time, their money, their effort, and for what if you know someone comes in and buys out those heirs then that's all for not also it creates um family fighting because you know what happens when people die you know there's always the it it gets ugly yeah people come in and then be like well she told me i could have this and then two people are fighting over whatever it is some heirloom some antique furniture so that is definitely a problem and again the generational wealth part of it is if you lose the little bit of property that was acquired by your family then that cuts off the possibility of creating your family empire because if you lose that one piece of property then you can't in turn use that property like you know other people have done throughout to centuries build off of. to build off exactly. of to use as collateral as you right. know to get more property and acquire more things so you just cut off your lifeline for generational wealth just like that i will say that you know you mentioned of course all of the deaths that we have been having due to coronavirus but we also have lost a lot of like big name celebrities that surprisingly haven't had a will. So we heard about Aretha Franklin, shocking, not having a will. Chadwick Boseman, you know, Prince, <laughs> right. not having a will with the millions of dollars that are at stake with them. Mm -hmm. And if you just saw recently in the news, um, because he didn't have a will, his property, his um, a state was undervalued. So here comes the IRS saying, oh, the property was undervalued. And I think I think they said they were going to hit him for like another 80 million or something like that. Wow. Wow. Because he didn't have a will and they undervalued it when they went to probate, you know, intestate because he didn't have a will. Um, so they undervalued the, the value of the estate. And now here comes the IRS with their handout for some more money. Right. I did read about that. Um, absolutely. So also the importance of having a good administrator in your will, correct? 
Correct. And understanding the tax consequences, which I leave to my very good friend, Lacey Durham. You probably should have her on so she can talk to the good people about taxes. Yes, yeah, um, but yes, <laughs> she is very much a tax expert. And I, you know, I bring her in um, on my five day thing. I brought her in and she gave us some good information that is invaluable when it comes to after you set up your will to do the estate plan, the things that you need to consider. I can kind of remember a little bit of it to go over for you, but yeah, she's the one to go to for that. Okay. Well, we'll let you talk about what you know, because that will give provide us with some very invaluable information today anyway. So I know you started to mention your five-day workshops, which we will talk about more a little bit later, but I know that each night you focus on basically different areas that people need to concentrate on when they're drafting their own will. So do you want to tell us about those five areas? Yes. So the first night I, um, I do will basics, so to speak. So I told you why you need to have a will. What do you need to have a valid will? And I also partnered with um, a life insurance expert or professional, shall I say, because not only do you have to have, you need a will, you also need to have life insurance too. So I let her do that part about explaining the different types of life insurance and what you can do with life insurance and why you need both of them. So that's night one. So you, that's, you know, I just front load you with a whole bunch of information. Night two, we talk about the inventory, which essentially is a list of all the property that you own or you control meaning, you know, your house, your clothes, your bank accounts, your, you don't necessarily have to do your 401k and your life insurance in a will because those provide for beneficiaries outside of having a will, but all the other property that you own and control, you just make a list of those. So I give you a, a brief synopsis of what an inventory is, and then you're challenged with beginning to make your inventory. So that's day two. Day three, we talk about the executor and the heir. So the executor is the person that is in control of your estate after you pass away. So, you know, how you have that conversation with that person, what the qualifications of that person should be, who can and can't be an executor. And then we talk about the heirs meaning, you know, who you're going to leave your property to. It doesn't have to be biological relatives. It could be, you know, because some people don't have a tight niche, you know, biological family, but they've kind of created their family kind of like I've done because I'm an only child and you too, Michelle. So you've created, you know, your own like family because only children, we don't have siblings and all of that, like other people. So who you would leave your property to. So that's day three. Day four, we talk about the bequeaths meaning what you're passing on to these people. And that's when I bring in Lacey, talks about the tax consequences of creating a will or estate plan. So let her do her thing. And then I've already talked about your heirs in the previous day. Then you start making your bequeath. So that's your homework for day four. And then day five, we put it all together. So in at the beginning of the week, I send you a little packet that has a, a will template. So on day five, we go through that will template and I tell you where to put things and explain what each section means, what stuff you can put in there, what stuff you don't necessarily have to have if you want to take it out, because again, it's a template. So it's your will. So it's 
it's on you to do with it what you feel is necessary. So if you feel a provision that's in the template is not applicable to you, then by all means, take it out. Or if you want to put some extra safeguards in there, then do that as well. And that's it. Will in a week. Right. Will in a week. I like that. You should, did you get that? You should trademark that. I will look can. into it. Seriously. I like it. Will in a week. Perfect. And, and the program is designed for people to actually draft their own wills and so that they don't have to have the expense of paying an attorney to uh, draft one for them, but it is a legally Correct. binding document. So here in Texas, we have two types of wills. We have an oleographic will, meaning that it's written in the person's handwriting, the whole thing, or you can have a testamentary will, meaning the kind that you type up that typically an attorney would do. But again, like I said, I want to reach the masses and everybody doesn't have the money to go to an attorney because, you know, will and estate planning preparation type situations can start at $2,500 and go up from there. And everybody doesn't just necessarily have to have, doesn't have $2,500 just laying around that they can go to an attorney and be like, hey, can you draft my will for me? So this is something that you can have in place. So at least if you die suddenly, there's something as opposed to leaving your family out there, just like, we don't know what their wishes were. We don't know what they wanted or the fighting that comes from not having a will. We don't want to have that if at all possible. Death is hard enough as it is. And then to have to deal with fighting with your sisters and brothers and cousins and aunts and uncles about, you know, property. We don't want to do that. We just want to celebrate the life that the person lived and then move forward. Exactly. Agree. So for each one of those nights then that you have the workshops, what is the process that you put your clients through, your students? Essentially, it's a little bit of a lecture. And then I kind of give them homework to do on their own after each night. So the first night, not so much. It's just giving the will background, you know, the background information of why wills are important, which is Essentially, I'm kind of rushing through, well, not really, but most of the people that come to the workshop have already gone through my free event. So they've heard the information before. So it's just a refreshing of that information. And then the life insurance part, which I don't do. So there's, you know, not much homework. I guess you could, I could challenge them to, uh, if they don't have life insurance to possibly look into getting life insurance and be prepared for the next day to actually do the work. So day two is where the work actually starts. So then afterwards, you know, after my little brief lecture, then they're charged with beginning to think about the property that they have and writing it down because it's good that it's in your head, but if it's not on paper, then you might miss something. So just, you know, separating the things into real property and personal property, and then just making the list of each one that you have. Day three, we talk about the executor. So I make them create, you know, a list of two to three people that they might potentially want to be the executor or executrix of their estate. And then I challenge them to have that conversation with that person, because although you pick this person because you think they're responsible and that they would get the things done that you want done after you're no longer here, they might not want to do that. So... I have them have that conversation with that person to see if they are on board before we just list somebody in the will. Right. 
if they don't want to do it, yeah. then that does you no good. And, you know, I'm well, it can be quite a job. Yes. Especially if you know you're dealing with a lot of different people inheriting and you have to manage that. It's time consuming. And if you've been sick a long time, you might have a lot of bills that have to be paid because that's what the executor does. They not only, you know, collect all the property that's going to be distributed, they pay all the bills from the last illness. So, you know, if you had cancer or something that required you to be in a hospital or on hospice for a long time, then they got to take care of those bills first before anybody gets anything. And preferably there will be something left to even to distribute. Is there a rule of thumb as far as compensation then for that person? Typically, I would have them serve without a bond, meaning they don't have to pay the money into the court registry. But you can write in a provision that the executor gets paid a certain amount of money, or if they're already beneficiary of the will, then they get whatever they were going to inherit and maybe just a little bit more. I don't know, but it's really up to the person making the will, how they want to handle the executor. But yes, it can be a a very tedious job. So you have to have someone that's up to doing the job. And then you also want to have a backup just in case that person passes away before you. That happens. Exactly. Or for some reason, just like you're no longer um, competent. Yeah. They don't have the capacity. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's absolutely a possibility. Okay, so we talked about what the first yeah, couple so of months. That was day what about oh, the... and also in day day three we do the heirs. So, you know, do you have children? I know here in in most states here in in the United States, if you have minor children or adult children who are incapacitated, you can't not can't not disinherit them, meaning you have to leave a portion of your property for their care. So if you have minor children, they they automatically get something. Or if you have adult children that are disabled, they automatically get something. But everybody Uh else is free reign. Like if you put them in the will and then they start acting bratty or doing disrespectful stuff, then by all means, you can disinherit them. Just because you're creating a will doesn't mean it's set in stone. It's like the constitution is a living document. So you can change it as many times as you need to figure out who your heirs are going to be. And then that's day three. So executors and figuring out who your heirs are is day three. And then day four is, you know, the bequeaths. So now that you figured out what property you have and who you're going to give it to, now you just got to write down what you're going to give them. So that's day four. And then again, the tax consequences that come along with that. And then day five, again, going through the the will temp that I've already sent you, tell you where to plug in. And then you can see where it all ties in the whole week. Everything that we've talked about, it all ties into that template because all of that information is covered in the template that I've given you at the beginning of the week. Okay. And then, so once they complete it at the end of the week, then what is necessary? They need to have it witnessed and notarized, or is that necessary? If they're going to type it, then yes. Here in Texas, again, and I don't know about other states, but here where I am, you can do a, essentially it's an affidavit. It's a self-proving affidavit. That's what it's called. There's a little, there's some language that you can put at the bottom or on a separate page of the will. And essentially, when you pass away, you don't have to go through the process of having witnesses testify when they go apply for the letters of testamentary. 
because mm-hmm. the will is already proving like, yes, this was signed in front of a notary and two witnesses. So you don't have to do that part. But if you do it in all of your, just in your handwriting, then all you have to do is sign it. But if you type it, then it has to be signed in front of two witnesses. And if you want self-proving affidavit, then it has to be the witnesses, the two witnesses and a notary. Okay. And the witnesses cannot be in the will. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you can have someone as young as 14 here. That that's that's how oh, the rule okay. is. As long as the person is fourteen or older, they can be a witness to the will. Interesting. Okay. Now you have to have legal capacity just to be fourteen. Right. Oh yeah. Well, you have to have mental capacity, but not the age requirement. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, I have a confession to make that I actually don't have a will myself, but you're working on it. I know, right? <laughs> well, this is the thing. You know, I'm an like you said, I'm an only child. Right. Any accounts that I have, my mother is either on the account or she's a beneficiary. So anything I have would automatically go to her, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I was a homeowner at one point, but I'm no longer a homeowner and I haven't been, you know, for six years. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm considering, well, in the process of buying some property in another country. So it would be good for me to create a will for the protection of that property when I obtain it. And then also keeping in mind for, you know, U.S. citizens and people outside of the U.S. that you have to abide by the laws of that country. Right. So even American citizens, if you make an investment outside of the United States, then you need to make sure that you are abiding by the requirements of that country in order for that property to be passed on to your heirs. Correct. So, yeah. But I mean, now that you know, we've had our conversation about it and that you're getting ready to be a property owner again, then you automatically was like, oh, wait, I do have something now that I would possibly want to pass on. So let me get about the business of creating my will. It's never too late. As long as you're living, it's not too late. Well, as long as you're living and have capacity, right? (laughs) you know, because unfortunately you don't know when you might still be alive, but not have the ability to write your will legally. Right. You know, you have to have not only legal capacity, you have to have testamentary capacity, meaning that you know that you're making a will, you know what property you own, and it is your intent to give that property away. Right. Yeah. Very important. You know, and I know that from personal experience as well. And yeah, I have a I have a goddaughter, even though I don't have any children. So, um, you know, she'll be able to reap the benefits then. Right. There's always somebody. What you don't want to happen is when you die without a will and you don't have any family or no family can be identified, your property just goes to the state. So they just get free yeah. property to, to do whatever with. Right. That's not what we want. If nothing else, yeah, give it to a charity. Right. If nothing else, if you don't have any heirs that you wish to leave your property, leave it for a charity. But please don't leave it to then, your animals. So that it doesn't destroy the government. Do not leave it to your oh. animals because then there has to be, if you're going to do that, then you have to appoint somebody to be over those animals as well because animals can't, like, they don't have mouth. Manage. <laughs> they can't tell you right. what they want to do with the property. They, all right, you got to have a, a human <laughs> in addition to the animals. So just don't do that at all. If anybody has um, animals that they want to 
will their property to, I will volunteer to be the executor of that. Right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, they so might they, have high flute and poodle and that likes to be groomed three times a week. And then you got to be sitting at the groomers for three, however long it takes to get groomed. Well, it depends on how much they left right. for the poodle. <laughs> you, you've seen those... How much you've seen those cases where these millionaires have left it's happened yeah absolutely okay mm-hmm. so val you mentioned that you have a free workshop and then you also like a free seminar one night and then you have your five-day yes. workshops so if someone is interested in one of those programs how should they contact um, you? You can email me. I, I can be reached at vrcarter81 at gmail.com. That's V as in Victor, R as in Roger, C as in Cat, A as in Apple, R as in Roger, T as in Tango, E as in Echo, R as in Roger, letters 8N1 at gmail.com. G as in George. No, I'm <laughs> Giving I know. you a hard time. <laughs> okay. Because, so your email is the best way to contact you because your, your website is under yes. construction. So they'll be able to reach out to you and get some more information. You'd be happy to forward yes. to them. The yes. plan for this year, 2021, is I'm going to do a free event once a month and that will be followed by the five-day challenge once a month. So I've already done the one for January. So, um, well, I've done the five-day challenge for January because I did the free event on December 30th. The five-day challenge okay. was, I believe, January 3rd through the 7th, or 6th or 7th. So my next free event is going to be January 30th. And I believe I'm going to try to do the five-day challenge for February the 15th through, I guess it would be the 20th because that's five days because I didn't want to interfere with Valentine's Day and then my anniversary is um, on the 21st. So I'm trying to get it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get it done in between Valentine's Day and my anniversary. Got you. Okay. So if anybody wants some more information, they can contact Val. And, you know, we wanted to talk about this at the beginning of 2021 because it is very important to get it done as soon as possible. And so try to jump in on one of Val's workshops if you can. Um, Hopefully, maybe the one in February for those of you listening soon. But no matter when you're listening, then generally her free event sounds like it's like at the end of each month. And then at the early part of the following month is when she has the five-day workshops. And so you can plan. Okay, and then also, if you contact Val, then you can receive a special discount being a listener of Flippin' the Script. So the discount code would be Flippin'. So when you contact Val, tell her that you heard her on my podcast and the discount code Flippin' and Val will give you a special discount on the five-day workshop. Thank you very much, Val. Very valuable information, very important and very timely, always timely. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I look forward to coming back when I finish with my book so we can talk about that as well. Absolutely. We definitely will. Thanks, Val. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flipping the Script. 
If you like what you have heard, please make sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Also, I would appreciate it if you would write a review and share with your friends. And I want to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you thought about this week's episode or to suggest any future topics that you would like for me to explore. Or you can just stop by and say hello. You can reach me at flippingthescript.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at flippingthescript. Want to continue the discussion? I also have a private group for ladies only on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. We're flipping the script so you'll find your way To help you embrace any trials you face We're flipping the script, conquer every 